help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Samach Vav. We left off on Daf Samach Vav, Amidalev, four lines from the top of the Amid. Let us quickly recap. We had on Daf Samach Hey, Shita Srav, that said, Keren Kein Shiganav, but Tashlume Kefal, or Tashlume Abar Vachamisha, is Kishas Hamada Bedin. And again, just reiterating that we learned the Gemara according to the Rishonim that understand that the Rav really meant that Kefal is Kishas Hamadas Bedin and Tfich and Mechira is to pay what it was worth during the Tfich and Mechira. Because that is when you made another step in the Geneva, like we explained that normally there's no two levels in theft. It's stolen or not stolen. But when we have the concept of Bereshusai and Shaloi, and if you first take it out of one's Rishus, very much like the statement of Rabba, and then the person breaks it or drinks it or shechts it. So now it's not even in the world. It's not even shaloi of the first owner. That's another step of Geneva. And well, it's Tzicha Mechida is the same concept. Correct, correct. That's correct. Very good. So now, asks the Gemara. Yesterday we learned regarding a person who stole an animal when it was still very young and as we pointed out the name of the animal changes and at least we can argue it does change, it doesn't change because a shayr ben is called a shayr, it's also called an eagle but if you stole something when it was an eagle and then it becomes a shayr or if you stole a lamb when it's still called a tlen then it becomes an ayal, it becomes 13 months old in one day or older and Rabbi Law holds that since it had a name change the way Rashi learns, for the din of Tfiho Mechira, it's considered completely the Ganevs. Rab Khanina said, not true, you still have to pay for Tfiho Mechira. So says the Gemara, at Kanli Pligi, the Machlekes of Rabbi Law and Rabbi Khanina is only the Mar Sava Rabbi Law holds Shinui Khaina. So then, if you shechted it after it became uh, Ayal, you won't have to pay for Tfiho Mechira. Umar Sava Rabbi Khanina holds in Shinui Khaina. And therefore, you do have to pay for Tvicha Mechira. However, as when we learned the Braise yesterday, we pointed out, regarding payment and the assessment for payment, as we learned in the Braise, that if you have to pay, you have to pay the value that it had when you stole it. Diktani, because it says in the Braise, Mishalim Tashlumi Kefal, or Tashlumi Abrava Chamisha, Kein Shiganav. And that clearly goes against Lamet Hei Tiyuf to the Rav. Why? Because Rav says only the Keren Kein Shiganav Meshalem. But Rav says that Tashlumi Kefal or Tashlumi Dalad Vehei is Kishas Hamad Abedin. And the Braisa says, the Braisa that was used as a question against Rabbi Law, that the Kefal, that Arbava Hamisha is also Kein Shiganav. Now Rashi points out something beautiful. This is a full Chazor of what we learned yesterday. Let's not forget that if the animal was stolen when it was cheaper, and then the animal got more expensive, and then you did another act, you, you, you drank it or you broke the barrel, Rav, there is made to Rabba that the Tvicho Mechira is the, from the time that you broke it. So, it, so the, even, and that, that Keren is also from the time that you broke it. Everything is Kein when you broke it. So therefore, the question is Mamesha to Yufta the Rav completely. It's not only a question on the kefal, but the Rav should hold in the case of Tvicho Mechira that you should also have to pay the Keren from the time of Tvicho Mechira. 
So everything that Rav says is being contradicted from the Braiso. That says that everything is being paid. Answers the Gemara, and we alluded to this in Rashi yesterday, that the Braiso is speaking about a case, that the Ganev that was taken to Beisdin, that is now making payment, is not paying with cash. The Ganev is paying with animals. And here, the way Rashi learns, Rav is going to hold that if you pay with animals, everything is assessed Ke'en Shaganov, which is exactly what the Braisa says. Based on the Pasuk and Parshas Mishpatim, where it says, Arbas Tsoin Tachas Haseh, and that means that if you are paying back with Tsoin, then you give it in the place of the animal that you took as it was when you took it. However, let's just finish. No matter, if I steal an animal, God forbid, and I have to replace it, if I am replacing it with an animal, whether it is for the Keren, whether it is for the Kefal, whether it is for the Barba Hamisha, if I'm paying back with animals, what age animal do I give? I stole an animal when it was two months old, I give back animals that are two months old, which means they're also cheaper, they are only priced as Ke'en Shigonov. However, Domin Rav, and Daf Samachei, he was speaking about people paying back cash, once you're not paying back mamish the animal that you took, then it's kishal achshav. Then what Rav says, keren kein shiganaf, but kefal and above a chamisha is kishal achshav. Continues the Gemara. We're starting now to learn the machlokes between Rabo and Rabbi Yosef regarding how yush, meaning. The, uh, the, own, the original owners despairing coming to a certain uh, emotional state of it's gone, I'll never get it back how will that affect the Ganef's acquisition of the item that he stole before we speak about Yush first Rab establishes that Shinui Kainam that if a person steals something and after the Ganef stole it the item undergoes a change Rab says here everyone will agree that the Ganav acquires it, of course the Ganav has to give back that which he stole and pay careful. The only question is, does he have to give back the very article that he stole? So if a Ganav steals this, if there is no Shinoi in the article, so then when he does Shuva, he has to give this back. This is not even his. If there is a Shinoi, then the Ganav acquires the thing itself. The only question is, how much money does he have to pay back? And how do we know that Shinoi allows the Ganav to keep the item itself that he stole? He acquires it. Both Ksiva and Vitoninam. This is both based on a Pasik and it's something that's clearly written in Braises and Mishnais by Tanoi. Ksiva, where is it written in the Chumash? We're quoting a Pasik in Parshas Vayikra. Asher Gozal, that a thief has to return the, the, the theft that he stole. And the words Asher Gazal are Mamish extra. The Torah could have written, Return Veheshev Asagzela. Return the Gzela. Ma Tamad Lehmer Asher Gazal. Extra words come to teach you. Im Ke'ein Shigazal. If the item that you stole is exactly the way it was when you stole it, then Yachzir, you have to return that item itself. Ve'imlav, meaning it underwent a Shinoi, then Damim Ba'alma Ba'yishalome. Again, the value you have to pay back. By a gazlan. By a ganaf, you have to pay back kefal. But you have to pay back the value of the article, not the article itself. 
So that is, the, that is based on a Pasuk. Now if you remember yesterday we learned the Machlekes Bishamay Besilol whether a Shinoi changes an item or not regarding the prohibition of serving an Esnan Zayn on top of the Mizbeach. So we had the Haim Veloy Shinoi Ehem. So the Haim Veloy Shinoi Ehem means that the Shinoi Ehem could be served on the Mizbeach. So there is a change when there's a Shinoi, a Halachic status changed. So why would that not be enough? So Teisvis and Daf and this is an important concept for dinner. We're going to learn later in today's Daf makes a clarity that there is a difference between a Shinoi Hachoyze Libriyasei versus a Shinoi She'ene Chayze Libriyasei, which means there's a Shinoi that's reversible, a reversible change, and then there is a change that is an unreversible change. So we know from the Haim Veloy Shinoi Yehem Teisvis says that Basilul uses regarding the example of a, a woman who got paid with wheat and she turned it into flour. Flour can never reverse to be back wheat. A shinui, she'e is for sure a shinui. Here, when Rava, when Rav is bringing the Pasuk, the Heshef, it's like Zela, that's the way Toysavus learns, that again, it's a Pasuk, that shinui kaina is even a shinui, that's chayzeh libriyasi. Even a reversible change, it also allows the Ganav to acquire it. And Tanino, we also have this in a Mishnah by the Tanoim, and the Mishnah says, If a person steals uh, pieces of wood, and he turned them into utensils, or a person steals tzemer, you steal wool, and you make them into garments, in all of these cases, since you made a shinoi, you give back the money as it had the value, when you stole it. Again, the article itself, you don't give back. You only give back money. That's a raya, that's shinui. Kaina inami, another Mishnah. It says that loy hispik litne loy Here, this Mishnah is speaking about the din of reishis hagez. It says on Parsha Shoftim that reishis gez tsoincha titein li, meaning that when a person has animals that you share, like lambs, so there's a separation from the first shearing of that season that you have to give to the coin. There is no minimum amount. You have to give at least a 60th of the wool that you shore. Now what happens if after the owner separated that portion that he was going to give to a coin, he dyed it. That's a shinui. Since he dyed it, he acquired it. Now interestingly, being that we're not speaking about Gezela, as we spoke about before, that a person went to someone else and he stole their wood, and then he changed it. Here, it was never given to a kain before. So Rashi points out that in this din, that when it says in the Mishnah that lehispik litnei that if before he gave it to a kain and he died it, he's exempt. It means he taka will never have to give it to a kain. Why? Because all of these separations, all the matnas kohuna, the trader did not tell you to which kain you have to give it to. So if this person made a shinui in the reishis hagez exactly which kind will demand it of him. Who's going to take him to a dentrader? Any kind that calls him to a dentrader, he can tell that kind, I was never going to give it to you. Now, of course, it's not a good thing what he, that he did. But here, it's not just spotted. Here, it's spotted, and he doesn't have to give it to anyone. Why would anybody ever give Well, because people want to, God-fearing people, we want to do what Hashem wants. We're not looking for legal loopholes. And this is called an act of gzela. He stole it from the kahanim. It's just that no kind can demand it of him. So the reish is against he acquired. Now he owes money. To whom does he owe the money? No one can force him to pay the money. 
Alma from these two Mishnayis, and again from the Pasuk, we see that Shinui Kainu. So this is like an intro. In other words, Rabba is making it clear that if a Ganav steals something, he changes it, the way we just quoted the Taisvis, even if it's a Shinui, that's Chayza Libriyasi, even if it's a reversible Shinui, he will own that item. And of course, in the normal case of Geneva, when he took it from a specific individual, he has to return it by Gzela, return the money, the value of it, by Geneva, return it with Kaisvul, etc. However, continues the Abba, when there was Yush, when the owner despaired, means a person stole it, and then the owner gave up hope of ever getting it back, comes Rabba and he says, Omri Rabbanon, Rabba knows from the statements of our Chachamim, the nickname, that the Ganef also acquired that item. Again, he has to give back the value. But the item itself he gets to keep. The only thing Rabba is saying, I don't know, I don't know whether the din that Yish is kind of by a Ganef or a Gazlan is that Midoraisa Midorabana. What's my doubt? Maybe it's midoraisa. What would be the source? Because let's compare this to someone who finds a lost article. Might say aveda. Look at his comparison. What happens if a person loses an article? And before the finder found it, before the finder found it, the original owner was miyayish. What's the din when you find it? It belongs to you. There's no doubt about that. So, hi, Nami here also. Now, in the case of the Ganef or of the Gazlan, it's not exactly the same. Because the original owner did not have Yish before the Ganef stole it. He had Yish because of the Ganef stealing it. It happened later. Now that the owner gave up hope or despaired from getting it back, if that will be the case, then... Now Rashi points out, look inside the Torah, Rashi, I'm reading inside Rashi, that's clear, and that we know, as we're going to learn in Mirza Shemin, Elam Metziah, Sambava Metziah, that if something was lost because it was washed away by waters, the river just, you know, flooded an area and washed things away. How do you know that you get to keep it? And that's based on the Pasik Asher Toivet Mimenu, that when you find, when something was lost from an individual, meaning, the parsha of the mitzvah of returning the lost article is only if the article was only lost from the owner. But everyone else knew where it was. But when an article is lost in a way that no one will know where it is, you know, the, the, the water swelled and it just washed everything away. Then the finder gets to keep it. Rashi points out what we said. By Gezela, there was no Yish before you found it. You took it. Later there was Yish. It's not like a Moitse Avedi Mamash. A Moitse Avedi, you get to keep it. Here the Ganev has to return the value. But he gets to keep the article itself. Now, interestingly, Toysvis, again, just being aware that it's not Mamish the same, by an Aveda you had Yush before the guy found it. What would happen by an Aveda that an owner lost something, he did not have Yush, you found it, after you found it, the owner gave up hope of getting it back. What's going to be the din then? So Toysvis says, second to last Toysvis, the second to last line. 
if you found it before the owner gave up hope, before the owner had Yish, but if the owner had a Yish, then the finder does not have to give back the article itself, but he will have to give back the value. According to this side that we are comparing Geneva to Meshav Aveda, it's Takemamish the same. Which is a big chiddush of Tresvis. You understand? If you find something, and after you found that everyone is being honest, you're saying that you found it on Monday. And, the, and, the, and when you finally find the owner, the next week he tells you, oh, on Monday I was still hoping to get it back. But by Wednesday, no one, uh, no one announced that they found something, I gave up hope. Everyone is saying the truth. The din will be, you don't have to give back that article. But you do have to give back the article's value, because when you found it, there was still a chiv on you to be Meshav Aveda. Very good. It's exactly what we're speaking about. Oh. So, coming back to Rabba's din, if after a person steals something, the owner has yush, Rabba's saying the Ganav does not have to give back that article, either that's a din doiraisa because it's, we learned it from Meshav Aveda, or back in the Gemara, Dilma, you can't compare it to an Aveda. Why? Because Aveda, when you find a lost article, when you took it, you took it, you were, you were not doing any Isur. Uh, There's actually a mitzvah. You don't know if the owner gave up hope or not. But as far as you are concerned, you picked it up, and if there's a mitzvah to give it back, you would, you would give it back. But in the case of a Ghana for a Gazlan, since the person took it wrongfully, so you would always have to give back the very article that you stole, even if the owner gave up hope. However, even if that would have been the din da'iraisa, midrabbanan Rab insists, bottom line will be, that if the owner gave up hope, if the owner despaired, you don't have to return that article. The chachamim say, niknei, let the ganef or the gazlan be allowed to keep that article itself. Mipnei takonis hashavim. And as Rashi points out, the last Rashi and the Ahmed, in order to facilitate the Ghana for the Gazlan's ability to do tshuva, and that's something that we learned together in Gitin, it's called Takanes Moresh, we'll get to this in Tzashem in today's daf, but there's a concept that people want to do tshuva. If doing tshuva is going to be very difficult, it's going to de-incentivize the people from doing tshuva. Disincentivize. So what do we do? The Chachamim said, listen, it's a lot easier for the Goslin to just return the value of that which he stole versus than him needing to give back the article itself. Sometimes a person does tshuva when the, their article is already in a different country. Give back the value. But bottom line will be that the Rabbah holds that just like Shinu is kaina, Yish is kaina. Not, God forbid, kaina that the Ganav doesn't have to give back the value. A Ganav always has to return that which he stole. And a Ganav Kefal, a Gazlan, just, you know, the, the principal, Tvicha Mechira Baravachamisha. Question is, the very article that was stolen, can the Ganav hold on to that? Rabba holds, Yish allows the Ganav to be kind of that article, and he has to give back the article's value. Again, how much value? That was the Sugi we learned yesterday. Kain Shaganav, Hamad Abedin, etc. However, Rabbi Yosef disagrees with Rabbah, and he says, Yush, by theft, 
by, by, by Ashanas Aveda we agree, and like it says in Elam Metzias. If the owner loses something and gives up hope immediately, whoever finds it gets to keep it. But by Aganev, he's not Kaina and not even Midrabanan. Machlekes Rabbi Rabbi Yosef. Says the Gemara Eisvei Rabbi Yosef L'Rabbi. You Rabbi who hold that Yush is Kaina by Aganev and Agazim. There is a Mishnah that we're going to learn later on the Tzadik Vava Medbeis that speaks about a person that Gazal Chametz. A person steals Chametz. And as we learned many times together, that if Chametz that belongs to a Yid went over Pesach, Chametz Sha'avar Olava Pesach cannot be used after Pesach. And now the Ganef after Pesach wants to do Tshuva. What does he have to do? He has to return that which he stole. Here we're speaking about a goslin. There's no need for kefal, but you have to give back that which you stole. When the goslin stole it, right, the Danish was worth $5. Now that it's after Pesach, even if it would be fresh, halachically, the owner cannot do anything with it. Do you get away, do you fulfill the mitzvah of returning the gazela by giving back the article that halachically is worthless? That's the question. And that has to do with a... Um, with, with the sugya of Hezek She'ena Nikit, if you remember. A non-discernible damage, because the physical item is the same. But halachically, the status changed is Hezek She'ena Nikit, Hezek or not Hezek. That's that sugya. So the Mishnah says, The Mishnah is going to say later that the Ganef, the Gazlan, tells the owner, Here, I'm giving you what I took. And he fulfills the mitzvah of Heshev Asakzelah. Like Rashi says, because this Mishnah goes according to the opinion that Hezek, She'ena Nikr, is not called Hezek. Okay, so let's take out the sugi of Hezek, She'ena Nikr. Non-discernible damage is not called damage, and he gets to give it back. However, he points out the Gemara, Vahayim, Kivan the Mata Idandi Surah, let's not forget that the owner, the moment, the time of Isur, Midairaisa, the sixth hour of the day, Midrabanan, an hour earlier, when you cannot even derive benefit from chametz, when that moment came, the gemara is giving it as taking it for granted. the owner gave up hope. He had chametz. The chametz was taken away. He knows it's already Pesach, so that's it. He lost that chametz. And the e salka daitech yush kaina. Rabbi Yosef tells Rabba, you who hold that yush is kaina, which means that from that moment, who owns the chametz? The gazlan. The moment the Gazlan owns the Chametz, automatically he's obligated to give back the owner the value of the Chametz. So how can he go ahead and give him the Chametz itself that now has no value by telling him, here's yours, it's not yours. He should have acquired it because of Yehoshkainah. When really the din should have been according to Rabbah, if you Rabbah are right, you should have to pay him back with money. This is a Gavalikul question. So, what do you mean? Rabba holds Kaina, the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says that the Ganef, the Gazlan, tells him, How? Answers the Gemara, Amarle, Rabba responds, When did I say Yushus Kaina? When Zem is Yayish, that not only did the original owner despair, but the Zerites elixmice. But the Goslin wanted to acquire it. Every Kenyan really is connected to two people. There's the Makna and the Kaina. There's the bequeather and the acquirer. 
Now, as we spoke up many times, which part of it has to leave the domain of the original owner, it has to go into the domain of the new owner, these two steps, one of them is considered the primary step, but both steps need to happen. Now, if one of the two did not want, in our case, the original owner had huge, so he gave up ownership. But in order for it to enter the domain here of the Gazlan, of the Ganav, the Ganav needs to want to acquire it. Over here, he doesn't want to acquire Chametz. Hi, Zemes Yaish, there's Why would the Ganav not want to acquire it? Because if the Ganav acquires it, he cannot fulfill his mitzvah of Ahesha Besagzela by giving back the very Chametz. It's definitely disadvantageous for the Gazlan to acquire it. He does not want to acquire it. So this is a Gavaldic concept. In other words, when it comes, let's say, to a Hefker, let's word it that way, Hefker, according at least to many, when the original owner gives up ownership, it left his domain even though it did not enter anyone's domain yet. When it comes to Yush, obviously, we don't understand it that way. That means that if I have Yush, but no one acquired it yet, then it never left my domain. Because, you understand, because again, the words of the Mishnah is, Hadei Shalcha And the question is, why is it Shalcha? It's, like it's, it's not like it's Hefker. That's something that Ketsuis points out over here. Very important that Yush is not like Hefker. And therefore, if it didn't leave, so when a person lost something, and he was talking Miyayish, it's still his, until someone takes it, until someone finds it, and wants to acquire it. Okay, who says who says he was Mavatal as Khamitz? Who says that's a good question? No, it's it's not written that in the Mishnah. Let's say let's say listen, we have to learn slay. No, the Ganef is not, the, the, the Ganef is not, it was definitely not, did not become the owner. That's no question. He didn't want to be kind of. The question you're pointing out, what would happen in a case where the original owner made a Bittul Chametz? And, and if he made Bittul Chametz and he's, depends how you learn that. And the reason why I'm not certain is because that declaration, we learned this from Sachem. Just because he makes a declaration that my Chametz is Hefker, Ka'afra Da'ara, Wab Dafka, this is a normal din of Hefker. Normally, by Hefker, you have to make a declaration, you have to make it in front of people. According to others, you have to put it outside your domain. So, this is not, is it Hefker? That's the whole Machlech is Rishayim. You know, if it's not, if it doesn't matter. But if the Hefker of Bittul Chametz is not like normal Hefker, then maybe the Hefker would not work. Still will not work. But I'm sure that's a discussion that many speak about over here. Back. By the way, because of the answer of Rava to Abaya, here the Marshal has the version that Abaya asked the question to Rava. But it's still on this topic of the Machloikas Rabba and Abiyas. That it says, Karbanai, in Parshas Vayikra, in the beginning. It says, Im oila Karbanai min habakar. Im oila Karbanai, his carbon, says the Braisa. You know what his carbon means? Veloi hagazl. That you cannot bring a stolen carbon. Now, Abaya, who asked the question, understood in the Havamina that the Brais is speaking about a case where the original owner did not consecrate an animal. The Goslin stole an unconsec- unconsecrated animal. The Goslin said this animal that he stole is a carbon oil. And that is the case for which the Brais says the carbon is not good because it was not yours. 
Karbanoi Veloi Hagazel. You the Gazlan, you were Magdashit, it wasn't yours, it's ineffective. As that's the Havamina, we're going to see later that that's not, not the meaning of the price. But based on this understanding, one second, if the Gazlin, who stole an unconsecrated animal, later was Magdishit, before the original owner gave up hope, before the original owner despaired, which means the animal was not the Gazlin's, the obligation of the Gazlin is to return that very animal. Do you need to have a Pasik Karbanoi Veloi Hagazel? You don't need a plastic for that. Let me ask you, can I go and go over to your item and I'm going to be Magdish your item? Can I take your money and say, oh, this money is Hagdish? Of course not. You don't need a plastic to exclude that. If something is not mine, how can I be Magdish it? See, if there was no Yehush, Pshita. You can't give away something that's not yours. Elalavit must be that what's the Chiddush of the plastic that even though the owner, the original owner, did have Yehush, so now the Gazlan saying, well, now that you had Yush, I owe you the money, but this is mine, I want to be Magdashit. So it should have worked, but the Pasik says it does not work. So that should be the Kiddush of the Torah, because if Yush is Kani, then why would the Gazlan not be able to be Magdashit? Yes, he owes the original owner the value of the animal, but that animal he acquired. So Amr Lei Rava, that's the Marshal. If, uh, so Rava tells Abaye one second when you learned this b'raisa you understood this b'raisa that Karbanoi is referring to a case that the original owner was not Magdashit you stole an animal I mean a ganath, a gazlin and then the gazlin was Magdashit if that's the case let's learn another b'raisa and we're going to make that b'raisa be similar to this one and it's not going to work what is this b'raisa? so it says Mishkovoi in Pasha Shemini we're speaking about Azov. It's always good to review Dinim Tumantara. Azov is a person that is in the category of an Av Hatuma. Normally the rule will be that if an Av Hatuma touches something and that thing becomes Tame, it normally goes down one level. That will be the normal rule. Which would mean, if that would have been the case, that if Azov touches a bed and the bed becomes addition, then if a person then touches the bed, that person will not become Tame. Midoiraisa, a person doesn't become a Shani. Midrabanan, a person does. But Midoiraisa, there's no Shani by a person. There's only Shani by Oichlin Umashkin. Right? Your dime is Midrabanan. However, there is a din called Tumas Mishkov, which means that if a Zav lays down on something that was made to be laid upon, and by the way, even if he didn't directly lay on it, or if there were 10 mattresses and he laid on the top, all of them not only become Tomei, but they become Tomei like the Zav. They become an Av. And therefore, if another person touches the Mishkov of the Zav, that person becomes Tomei. Taka only Tomas Rishon, for which you go to the Mikvah that very day, and at night you're Tahar, but you have to go to the Mikvah that day, you have to be Metai yourself. And that's based on a Pasik in Pasha Shemini, the Ish Asher Yiga the Mishkov that if a man will touch the bed of a Zav, becomes Tomei. That shows you that the Mishkov of the Zov is an Av like the Zov, which is why the man on touch becomes Tomei. Good. So now it says in Abraisa, Mishkovoi, when do you have the din of Tumas Mishkov? No, the Mishkov itself becomes Tomei, like the Zov, meaning in the category of an Av. That's only if the Mishkov belonged to the Zov. Now, it doesn't mean that if the Zov 
borrowed with Rishus, laid on someone else's bed, it does not become of. That's not correct. If a Zav lays on your bed with your Rishus, your bed will also become an of. But the Braitha says, that if the Zav against the permission of the owner, he steals a Mishkov and he lays on it, Tumas Mishkov doesn't go to that bed. Now, again, what are we speaking about? Are we speaking about a Zav that stole wool? And the Zav himself made it into a Mishkov. Why are we saying that? Because we want this Braisa to be similar to the other one. That he stole an animal that's unconsecrated. And he was the one that made it, where he attempted to consecrate it. So similarly, we'll have over here, that he stole one item and he made it into a mishkov. Everyone holds that when you change something, then it, uh, it's in a different category in the Gazlan is coined. And in other words, if a Zav would steal Amra and make it into a bed, that bed now belongs to the, to the Ganav, belongs to the Zav. If the Zav lays down on that bed, that bed will become an Avatuma, Tumas Mishkov. That that Dreisa is not speaking about the Ganav that changed something. The Gazal Mishkov the Chavre, he stole a, a already made bed from his friend. And on that the Dreisa tells you that this Chumra, that the Zav is an Av, the bed that he lays upon doesn't become a Rishon, becomes an Av like him, that's only if it's not stolen. So Hachinami here also, when we're speaking about a Karban Noi Veloimen HaGazal, we're speaking about a person that didn't change anything. Now, the change that we're speaking about an animal is not a physical change, but it's about a status change. Which would mean, you know what it means, that the original owner said, this is my oil. And a goslin stole an already consecrated animal. And the way Rashi says, and the goslin brings it in the base on Migdash. So the Bryce is telling you that not only will the goslin not get a mitzvah, it wasn't his animal. But even the original owner, you are going to argue the original owner should, should get his mitzvah. But he didn't bring it. And that's the chiddush of the Pasik. It has nothing to do with Yehush's kind or not. There was no Yehush here. The trader is telling you that if someone stole someone else's carbon oil, the Gazlan brings it. The, the original owner is not Yehush's his mitzvah. That's the meaning of That's the first way Rashi explains the Gemara's answer. Let's move on. Again, right, we're still back in this machlekes, whether Yish by a Ghana for a Goslin will allow the Ghana for a Goslin to acquire that article. Money, they'll have to pay back. But whether they can keep the article or not, Rabbo says the Goslin gets to keep it. Yish, koina. Rav Yosef says, Yish, eina koina. So, we're going to learn now a Mishnah, Mesech Kalim. What's it in, in Mesech Kalim, continuing with the laws of Tumantara, in order for utensils to be susceptible to become Tommy? Let's forget about what touched it, what level of Tuma was the source. In order for any utensil to become Tommy, that utensil has to be a finished product. If something is not yet in its finished stage, work still needs to be done to it. It's not halachically considered the keli. And even if the source of tuma touches it, it will not become tummy. The question is, how does something fall into the category of a finished product? So the, in Mesech the Skelem we learn that there are times that the kavana, that the intention of the owner can bring it 
from the category of it not being able to become Tomei to it becoming a utensil that is susceptible to become Tomei. Very simple. You have a hide. You own it. Normally people take a hide and they make it into a pair of shoes. If you decide that I'm going to use this piece of leather the way it is for a tray or for any other usage, being that you intend to use it as it is, that kavana makes it susceptible to become tummy. Now obviously that kavana is only the kavana of its owner. If someone who doesn't own it intended it to be used for A, B or C, it has zero effect. And another then, that even if the owner decided to do something with it, it's only when the owner's decision is definite. If the owner thought a certain thought, but Allah says that thought of the owner, eh, it's possible that it'll change his mind. It's not called a definite takhlata, that even the owner's kamana will not change his status. Let's read it inside. When you have a piece of hide that belongs to its owner, there, the thought, the kavana of the owner will make it susceptible to becoming tummy. And here the example will be a balabas, a, 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 not a businessman. For him, a piece of leather, if he decided to use it for a mat, okay, so then he'll use it for a mat. It's called a definite thought. However, Vishal Abdan, but if the owner is a person who for a living takes hides and he fashions it into utensils. He, he's not a mat seller, he's a shoe seller. So if a shoemaker looks at one piece of raw material and says, this raw material, I'm going to leave it the way it is for a mat, it's not called a definite hachlata. Because it's very likely that tomorrow when I'll get a shoe order, he'll say, no, 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 this piece of leather is exactly what I need for my parnasa. So even though he's the balabas, a machshove mitamasan, no, it's not considered a definite designation. Continues the Mishnah in Kalim, Vishel Ganov, if a Ganov steals a piece of hide, and now the question will be whether the Ganov is considered the owner of it. So here we have a very interesting machlaikas between the Tanakama and Abshimen regarding when we contrast a Ganov and a Gazlan, it appears, when will the owner have Yush? A ganath is someone who is a thief. That means he goes in the hiding and he takes it away from the owner. The owner has no idea who the ganath is. So the Tanakama holds, since the owner doesn't know who the ganath is, he despairs of getting it back. He doesn't know who took it. So there's Yush. A gazlan, a person who robs, a robber is someone who goes in the face of the victim and in the face of the public and he takes it from him. Here the original owner knows who took it. The Tanakama holds, therefore he won't give up so quickly. So there's no Yush. So therefore, shall Ganif, that's the way the Tanakama learned, since the original owner had Yush, so the Ganif now acquires it, all oh, this is going to be a kasha against Rabbi Yosef, it seems like Yush is kind of, then Machshavim et and if the Ganif decides to use the hide for a mat, to leave it as is, then it's considered a keli, it's susceptible. However, shall Gazlan, if a robber is the one that decided on the robbed hide, ah, I'm going to use it for a mat, since the original owner doesn't have Yush, because he knows who the Gazlan is, that's the definition of a Gazlan, so the Machshav of the Gazlan doesn't have the power to designate it, you know, to remain the way it is, because you don't own it. So your thoughts are of insignificance, and normally hides are fashioned into something more uh, evolved, so it's not yet a Kali. Rab Shimon holds Chilof Advarim, the way Rashi explains, interesting logic, that being that the Gazlan steals in front of everyone, it shows the Gazlan is not afraid of anyone. And therefore, getting something back from a Gazlan is almost impossible. So the original owner gives up hope. And this guy, 
he's so uh, brazen that in, in front of me, in front of the public, he took it from me, I'm never getting it back. The opposite, by a Ganef, the original owner doesn't yet know who the Ganef is. But he knows that the Ganef is a coward. He was hiding from me. Which means that if I'll discover who he is, ah, I'll get it back from him. This is simply a psychological machlekes, so that Shimon holds that a Ganef doesn't have Yush. Shel Gazlan, there is where the original owner has Yush. And there from Machshavim et However, Shel Ganef, why? In Mamash words in the Mishnah. Lefi, because by a Ganif, Shaloi Nisyaishu Haba'alim. End of Mishnah. So now the question is obvious. So clearly, Shma Minah. The Machlaikis is which one has Yush? Will the Ganif has Yush? Or will the Gazlan have Yush? But both the Tanakama and Abshimin hold to the concept that when there is Yush, the Ganif or the Gazlan, they acquire it. And it's theirs, and therefore their machshava will make the keli susceptible or not to be mekabel tuma. So Shmami no yush konot mamashakash against Rabbi Yosef. Armalei answers Rabbi Yosef. Ah, hachamayaskinon that yush is not kaina. However, when there is a side of yush, when the new, when here the Ghana for the Gazlin, when they physically did something to that utensil, so now there's a shinoi. Now they're going to be kaina it. Kigoyin shekitzon that the ganef trimmed the borders, so you both have a physical change. I'm emphasizing both physical change and yush because the physical change of trimming just the borders of that hide is very insignificant. That's why we're learning that there is a shinui and there is a yush, even though the shinui is very little. Ah, here Rabbi Yosef is moida. You have a shinui and you have yush. Yush is going to allow the current Ghana for Goslin to become its owner. He has to give back its value, but it's his, and his machshava will have the effect. Says the Gemarim, Mask We are speaking about a case of a tray. How do we know we're speaking about a case of a tray? The Mishnah that we quoted is a Mishnah Mesech Kalim in Pedik Chavav, Mishnah Ches. We're going to learn now the Mishnah, that's Mishnah Zion. The Mishnah before it. And we're going to prove that the Mishnah before it is clearly speaking about a hide that is made into a tray. And if Mishnah Zion is speaking about an itzbah, it makes sense that Mishnah Ches, the Mishnah that we learned, is also speaking about the same case. And therefore, so, okay, before we prove that it's about a tray, how does that change anything? The itzbah ain't sericha kitsua. A tray, even if you take a hide and you trim the edges, and you designate it as a tray, a tray did not need that change. And therefore, even if you did it, halachically, it is of no consequence. So we're back only to use. We're back to the question. So you can't consider that a change at all. And therefore, the only thing that really happened is use. And we see from Mishnah Ches that use is kana, kasha against Rabbi Yosef. Again, how do we know that this Mishnah is also speaking about a tray? And the answer is because the Tanan, we learned the Mishnah Zayi and the Mishnah before it, whatever further processing is not lacking, it's good the way it is. In other words, the Mishnah is telling you a Chiddush that if that if this item needs further processing, if it needs further processing, even if you designate it, your thought will not be metamit, 
Because you're designating it for something that it still needs to have work done to it. And that, that's the Hagdama to this halacha. So it's like, yeah, if you designate it as a mat, a mat is not something that needs a further processing. So then all you need was to decide it's a mat. But if you decide to turn it into something that needs further processing, then uh, so what? That you, des- you designated it to be a pair of shoes. Okay, it's not yet a pair of shoes, so it's not it's not habotum. And then the Mishnah concludes chutz itzma. But when it comes to a mat, if you decide uh, it's, it's a tray, when you decide to turn this into a tray, even if many people will trim the hide, it should be a cleaner tray. You know, the the periphery should be neat. Dear, the Mishnah is, the Mishnah is telling you that even before you trimmed it, it's already mukshalak habultumah. Because halachically, being that the function of a tray can happen whether the edges are trimmed or not, and many people don't trim the edges, so there, whether you trimmed it or not, is of no, no consequence. And then the Mishnah goes on to Mishnah Ches. The question is, who is the one that designated it? So the Mishnah Ches speaks about who is the owner. And that's the Machloik is Ghana for Gazlan. Who becomes the owner? So you can't tell me that we're speaking about a case that he stole it, and then he trimmed it, because even if he trimmed it, since it does not need trimming, you can't consider the trimming as a shinui in the physical article itself. So we're back to the kasha. So interestingly, the Gemara says, Ela Amar I want you to know, says Rabba, that Haimilsa, Kashiba, Rabba, Rabbi Yosef, Esnin, Vitartin, Shenin. Rabba, who became the leader, the head of the Yeshiva in Pumpedisa, for 22 years, when he had that position of being the head, challenged Rabbi Yosef against Rabbi Yosef Shita. These arguments were gewaldic. They didn't have an argument one day. They argued, you know, for 22 years. And whenever Rabbi Yosef brought up his opinion that Yush does not allow the Ganav to acquire it, Rabbi asked him from this Mishnah, you see from this Mishnah that whether the Ganav, whether the Gazlin, which in, whichever is the case that the original owner has Yush, the current Ghana for Goslin has the power to designate it. Yush Kana. And don't tell me that they, it's speaking about a case where he trimmed, since we're also speaking about a, a tray. And by tray, even if he trimmed it, it doesn't mean anything halachically. And Veloyi Parka and Rabbi Yosef did not have an answer. Ad, the Yosef Rabbi Yosef Beresh. Now, after Rabbi passed away, they appointed Rabbi Yosef to be the new leader of the Yeshiva in Pumpadisa. And as the leader, he had new Siata the Shmaya. God helped him, Uparka, and he came to the answer. And by the way, we learned this at the end of Brachas, that Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi was the Oikar Harim, Rabbi Yosef was Sinai. In other words, Rabbi's specialty was that he understood everything to its deepest depths. He was a Harif, he learned everything Li'iyuna. Rabbi Yosef's unique power was he learned a lot of Ligir, so he was a Bucky in everything. And that's the whole question, which one is more advantageous? Is an Oikar Harim or Sinai? And here, the Gemara is saying that when Rabbi Yosef became the leader, he came to the following answer, that Shinoi Hashem, Kishinoi Maisidami. Okay, I agree that in Masech Kalim, the physical change is not significant. But there is another criterion that we get involved. What happens if the name undergoes a change? Going back to what we learned yesterday, Rabbi Law and Rabbi Hanina, you know, it went from an eagle to a shoid. A Shinai Hashem is also something that can take it out of the original owner's possession. Everyone that agrees that if, you, if there is an actual change in the article itself, that the Ganaf is kind of it, why does everyone agree to it? Because Mikara ate him, because you stole wood, and now it's called Kalim. So even the Shinoi, physical Shinoi, what really affects the, the current Ganaf to own it, 
it's not just the physical shinoi in itself. It's because the phys- physical shinoi gives it another name. The name is really the change. Shinoi Hashem Nami Mashka. When he stole it, it was called a hide because the original owner did not decide anything what to do with it. Now that the Ghana decides to make it into a tray, and a tray has another name, here in Aramaic, a tray is called a Abarzin, so the Shinoi Hashem, according to Rabbi Yosef, is what makes it belong to the Ghana for the Gazlin. Again, it's a Shinoi Hashem together with Yush. But when there is no Shinoi Hashem, Rabbi Yosef says, just Yush is not Kanan. So now we learn the new thing of Rabbi Yosef. That Shina Hashem does allow the current Ganav to own it. So now we're going to ask a question against Rabbi Yosef. One second. You're telling me... He did it, but he didn't change it. In other words, the designation to turn it into a tray, whether he trimmed it or not. Let's say he trimmed it. Let's go that he trimmed it. Now, trimming it per se, since it's not needed, halachically has no consequence to say, ah, you changed it. It's not called a Shinoi Maisa. But what is relevant is Shinoi Hashem. We're Semites. We're from shame. For us, the name is more important than the article. Things are created from words. If it has a new name, it's a new Metzius. Gavaldic. When you give it a new name. When you decided to do it. So, in other words, Yishinah Hashem itself would, would not do anything because if I decide to call your article with a different name, how can my decision have any effect? But the fact that the person took it and there is Yush, and there is a Shino Hashem, so together with the Yush, with the Shino Hashem, Rabbi Yosef is Maida, now you acquired it. But if you, if there was only Yush, but there's no Shino Hashem, so if a Gazlan stole this, and the owner gave up the spirit, but I'm using it for a watch, or whatever this is used for, then I did not acquire it, I have to return this article itself. So now ask Stigamada, one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gavaldik. This is the Ruch Nisikit Gemara. You see the power of names. You don't have to speak it. It's amazing how changing a name is more powerful than affecting a physical change in the article itself. Baruch Sha'amar What comes first? The names, the words. God spoke. Okay? Chashab by Hashem, it's the same thing. No, Baruch Sha'amar because, you know, because Basalam Amaris. And Shabbos is a Shechashev. Now, one second. The whole famous din that we learned in Gitin, and we had this already in today's daf, Takana Sashavim. Takana Sashavim began, Aganev stole a, pe- a beam, and he built it into his house. Then he does Shuvah. Now, the din is, again, Veheshev, Hagzela, Es Hagzela, Asher Gaza. So, really, he has to give back that which he took, which would mean he has to take his home apart, because he has to give back the beam. So the Chachamim making a Balchuva's um, decision easier, incentivizing people to do Tshuva, they says that if you built it into your building, you don't have to give it back, give back the value. So ask Stigamada one second. When it comes to the beam, the when you build a beam into your house, it's no longer called a beam. Think about it. You have a beam. If you put it into your roof, into your ceiling, now it's called a ceiling. Now it's called a home. It underwent a Shinoi Hashem. The Mikara Kshura. Originally it was called Krosmin. And now it's called the Talala ceiling. And Vitran, and we learned 
including in Gitin, al Marish, al Hamarish, al that if a person stole a crossbeam, Shebunna that a person built a Ghana, if the Ghazlan built it into his building, Shanaital Damov, that the original owner only gets its value, and that's called Takana Sashavim, Mipnei Takana Sashavim, so asks the Gemara against Rabbi Yosef, Tamom Mipnei Takana Sashavim. You know, the Chachamim made a special din. To facilitate people doing tshuva, you don't have to give back the beam itself. But if not for Hadar, you would have to give back the beam itself. Why? Answers the Gemara Amar Yosef that even after you build a cross beam into your building, Marish Shmai Allah, the name did not change. Still the same name. Why the Tanya? Where do I know it from? The Bryce is quoting a Pasuk in Yecheskel. When Yecheskel, the Navi, foresaw the third base Amigdash, and he's describing it by saying, Tzalois Habayis, he saw the Tzalois of the house, says the Bryce, Mazet Tzalois, right, the, the ribs, what does that refer to? Elu, Hamaltatin, Hamaltatin means the casings. The casings is whenever you build wood into a stone building, stone becomes damp or is damp. And you don't want the wood to get ruined or to rot from the dampness. So the important beams are, they're they're put in a casing. They're put in like some sort of frame. So they don't directly touch the stones. So if anything gets ruined, the casings get ruined. So that's called the Tzaloi Sabais. And when it says the words that he saw, the Ubim, says the Braiso, what are the Ubim? Elu Hamorishois. Ah, so you see that Morishois, we're using the word Marish, even when the cross beams are built into the base of Migdash. So you see the name is the same. The name did not change. Arab Zayda Omar, Arab Zayda says, Shinoi Achoiz Libri Yasai, Bishinoi Hashem Lehabashinoi. Ah. There's a difference between reversible change and irreversible change. So when you have a reversible change, which is the cross beams, in other words, if you put a cross beam in a building, it's not fun to have to take the building apart. But if you take the building apart, you'll come back to the same cross beam. So there, even though it's called ceiling when it's built in, there the Shinei Hashem won't do anything. However, but if there's a name change, that the name change will never be reversible. There it is a Shinoi. So it says Rashi, Amar, at the end of the fourth line of Tapra Ahmed, Rabzeda Amar Zakhtar Rashi, that Marish Haina Taimad the Loi Mikanya Bishinei Hashem, Mishum, the Chayzel Libriyasai. It goes back to the be the way it was. In Yisrael said, if you're going to take your building apart, have Kishura Meikara. Not only will it look like a crossbeam, but you're going to call it a crossbeam. However, this is important, Avol Abarzin. But if you make, if you take a hide and you designate the hide to be a tray, you know what? Even if later you decide, you know what? I'm not going to use this as a tray. I'm going to still make it into a pair of shoes. You should know that once people call something a tray, they will never call it a hide again. Interesting. So it's not that you cannot physically bring it back to the way it was. Physically you could. Gavaldi. You, you, no one will ever call it again kshura or mashka. No one will call it a hide. People from now on will always call it a barzin. So since the shinui hashem is irreversible, Rabbi Yosef says, like we spoke out, a shinui hashem with yush amayda that the, the new current Ghana for Gazlan will be kind of it, which is why in the Sechta Skalim, he 
she, the Ghana for Goslin, has the power, now that they own it, with their kavana, with their definite intent, to make that item susceptible to be mekabal tumah, emirz Hashem, to be continued.